Hello and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so glad you're here. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. With each week, we will have exciting new guests to grow spiritually, develop personally, and learn how to step into our purpose authentically. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 30 minutes of connection with the mind, body, and spirit. Stacy, welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I'm so excited for our conversation today. How are you? I'm great. I am so looking forward to this. I really enjoy your energy, and I know we're going to have a great conversation. Oh, I can't wait. So I always kick off the show and just ask you to share your journey with us. It can be as long, as little as you feel comfortable sharing. Wonderful. I would love to do that. So um, I'm Stacy Larison. I'm from a little town in Columbus, in Indiana, Columbus, Indiana. And I grew up a very intuitive child. I did not understand at that time that I was intuitive because I just genuinely thought everyone thought the way I did, as you would. And as I started getting older, I started having health problems. By the time I got to my 20s, I had already had lots of chronic illness, several surgeries and hospitalizations. But when I hit my 20s is when everything began to get out of control. I started having autoimmune symptoms. I actually started having um, symptoms of a brain disorder. And I know that you work with women that are trying to heal. And I know you understand so many of these symptoms overlap. And so there was really just this 10 year period in my life, 10 year period in my life where I didn't know what was happening with my body other than the fact that I was in great, I was suffering so greatly. And I ended up having dozens of hospitalizations, um, so many surgeries, including brain surgery and multiple brain surgeries. And what basically what it has all come down to is I have, so I do have lupus and um, I have pseudotumor cerebri, which is similar to like hydrocephalus, water on the brain. Mm-hmm. So I have a VP shunt that helps regulate that. And then I have some other um, autoimmune disease, like offshoots from lupus. Wow. Um, I would say on a daily basis, what I suffer with the most is really severe chronic pain. And that has been the most physically and emotionally debilitating of everything. But what's interesting about me is that despite I, despite the fact that I've been through all of these things, I have an incredible outlook on all of it. And I have learned some incredible lessons. I feel like it has all put me exactly where I'm supposed to be. If, if not for all the struggles, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to adopt my incredible children. I just truly am grateful for the struggles. Yeah. And so with the fact that I've learned so many lessons from each of these struggles, I have found that I have a gift for connecting with and mentoring other primarily women as they're along their life path, whether it be trauma or physical healing, emotional, whatever it is, 
I'm able to connect because of that intuitive piece that I've always had. And I also can empathize because I know what it feels like to suffer. Yeah. But I want something much greater in my life. And I think that despite whatever circumstances we're all handed, we all have the opportunity to, and, and we're all worthy of that next step. And I think if we can look at it, look at things a certain way in life, despite the circumstances, you can still achieve that. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing. I have never met, obviously I know what lupus is, but I've never met anyone with it. And one of my son's friend's moms just came over last week and shared with me that she struggles with that Mm. as well. And she, and I honestly knew what it was textbook wise, but as far as speaking to someone with it, there's a lot of layers. Absolutely. They're really, uh, and with, again, with those autoimmune diseases, there's so many overlaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the lupus primarily has, I've had a lot of chronic infections and there have been different times. Uh, I was diagnosed, I believe a little over 10 years ago now. So I've had different times in which certain organ families may have been involved and then, you know, things resolve. Um, but for me, again, the chronic pain and the fatigue that come with it are absolutely what make day to day being a human, being a mom, being a wife, being Stacy really challenging. And I, and as part of my lupus as well, I should mention, I did experience infertility and we lost four pregnancies, one of them being highly traumatic and we, and, and actually that's my, when I do larger, my larger talk is really about that in particular, going into detail and about how I found my power in those moments and was able to say, you know what, I'm done. I am not going to try anymore to have biological children. This is for me. And I, I always say that I respect how any one chooses to grow their family. For me, I couldn't believe what I had already put my body through. Yeah. And I had just been on the road, not even paying attention to really, I wasn't even processing what I was going through. And then this one day in the hospital, after I had lost my last pregnancy, I'm sitting on the edge of the hospital bed and my physician comes in to check on me. And without a thought, I said, well, the next time I lose the baby and in that moment, the entire trajectory of my plan of my life changed because I heard what I said. I realized that that was my intuition telling me that this is not what's for you. I had already decided what the next step was. I already knew I wasn't going to be able to have a biological child. At least I believe so. Mm -hmm. And that in that moment I took back, it was one of the physically weakest moments of my life, but that tiny voice that I had, I just whispered and said, I'm done. And from there grew a really beautiful story about how my children came to be mine. I would love to, now I'm like, now I'm intrigued. I'm on the edge. Would you, would you say that in that hospital room, that was your catalyst of 
okay, I'm going to pivot my life. That things have to are, aren't going to go the way I thought they were, but I'm willing to, was that your surrendering moment or was it at another time? That was the moment. That was the moment. Yeah. It was, it was genuinely life changing. You know, as I was growing up all of, and as I was growing up, my siblings, I'm the oldest of four, you know, we all had something, they all had something that they were like, highly talented at. (laughs) And so of course, when people, adults would give you that typical question of what do you want to be when you grow up? They would all have these really fun answers. Oh, I want to be a race car driver. Or I mean, they, my sister was brilliant. She's like, I want to be a doctor. And people would ask me and I would say, I want to be a mother. And I knew, I knew intuitively that I was built to nurture others, whether the, if, and I'm talking just people in general. Yeah. I do not meet someone that. So what I learned as I was growing is that my gift is love. My gift is that despite what's happened between me and someone, despite maybe not knowing someone, I can genuinely unconditionally love someone where they're at. And I get really emotional when I talk about that because I never understood what a gift that was. I just thought that that was the way life was. Yeah, no, not everyone ticks that way. No. So when I was in my teen years, I worked at a boys and girls club. And in that, I mentored a lot of teenage girls um, that were typically a few years younger than me. And I continued to work there after I got out of high school. I worked in a program that they housed, which was for juvenile offenders. And um, my husband actually worked there at the time and still works there at this organization. So we developed some incredible relationships with children and families and built, you know, a community. Once we decided that we weren't going to have biological children, we were super open about it. If someone was willing to listen, I was willing to talk. And I knew, I knew that we were going to adopt. And I knew without doubt that we would be adopting from the the then youth that we knew. Yeah. And I, and I, at the time, I only knew that we would do that once. And as we started getting the word out that we were choosing to adopt a beautiful young woman that I had always adored as a child and as a teen found out and contacted us. And she asked us if we would be willing to meet, which we did. And within just a matter of beginning to when we found out we're talking five to six weeks Oh my gosh. Well, we found out we were going to have a baby and then our daughter was born two months later. So, um, it was really beautiful and we have an open relationship with them. It is, she is like my kid's sister. We spend holidays together. We joke around that really what happened is they adopted Nathan and I, my husband and I, um, we are all very close and I've, it's amazing what the universe does to us because I was never an advocate for open adoption. That wasn't something that was on my heart, you know, and advocate for open adoption a couple of years ago, I guess, actually it's already five years ago. We 
had another friend who was struggling and contacted us and asked us if we would be willing to foster to adopt. And we absolutely did. I had met him once a couple of years before this. And I'll never forget after this time I came home and I looked at my husband and I said, I feel like he, he was only a year and a half at the time. And I said, I feel like he's saying he needed me. And it like hurt my heart to leave him. And at no point at, at this time, there was no, never thought in a million years where it would lead. But he is my son and we maintain healthy, open relationships with that family as well. And we're all very, very close. That's so cool. So what was that transition like for you when you first found out, you know, this was all going to happen and you were going to have this baby? I, I know it's so much different. I have a lot of friends who have chosen to adopt as well. But what was that like for you personally going from – because, I mean, when you're pregnant, I mean, we really take for granted that we have nine months of prep time. When you adopt, that is not the case. Right. You know, to be honest, it was as perfect to me as I would have ever planned. You know, yeah. I once I got to the point where I said I'm done, I – completely released all desire to experience pregnancy, all desire to go through any of that biological process. And so I really, I had already been grieving for a few years that that wasn't happening. And so this was like this beautiful release of you're done, you can move on and enjoy. And so then just basically was the fun part for us, you know, this anxiety of, could something change? You know, is she, is she sure this is what she wants to do? That that's obviously a challenge when you adopt. Yeah. Not knowing. Right. But just the fact that we only had a couple months left, you know, my husband, and I have talked about this many times. I really feel like the universe knew, uh, that I, I really needed that short period of time, the waiting for all those months, with not having her with me, knowing she was in, an, you know, a different belly and not being mm-hmm. able to know, I just not have been something that would have been easy for me at all. Yeah. So it worked out quite perfectly. Oh my gosh. Your story is incredible. I have so many questions that I have nowhere to start. Well, and that's, <laughs> and that's the thing when we were talking, I'm like, when I send out like my story, a short bio of, life experiences, it's so hard to nail down what you want to talk about because each of my stories has incredible pieces like this in it. So I'm, I'm, but I love that you take the, the route of letting it be so organic. I think that makes it so authentic. Oh my goodness. Yes. I, so funny when I first started this podcast, it was very scripted and I would send questions ahead of time. And I was like, I just felt like the universe was like hitting me over the head with a frying pan being like, you're missing the message that people need to hear. And so I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm letting go of the reins. I understand. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) that for me, one of my greatest lessons in the last two years is to learn to surrender. Yeah. Uh, What a beautiful thing though, when you do. So now, I mean, we're at another pivoting point for you. Uh, We talked a little bit before the recording started on, 
at this point of surrendering now to the vulnerability of sharing your story and being able to relate in this, you know, this gift that you have of being able to love people where they're at. Cause that's, that's truly such an incredible gift because we live in this society where I feel like it's so split. I was just talking to a client the other day about, she was really upset about this doctor's appointment and how she was treated. And I was like, you know, it's crazy to me Like, there's no empathy in conversations anymore. Like if you go to Starbucks, you look around, everyone's on their phones. They're not talking to each other. If you go, know. you know, if you call somewhere, it's a robot that you're speaking to. You're not talking to a person. Like it's like we as a collective crave this connection and this love and like that's the one beautiful thing that I feel like the pandemic provided us was coming back home, like remembering. That is exactly what happened for me. It was this forced peace (laughs) and I had no other option, but to sit with my feelings and I started processing and out of sheer panic, I started trying to meditate to bring myself peace. And what came after was this journey of healing. And I, it's so interesting. I have known since I was a young adult that I was meant to be out talking to people about my experiences. And, you know, over the years, as I would suffer with something, you know, my family, in particular, my mother and my grandma, they would always say, this is going to help you help someone someday. And I held on to that. That alone got me through so many dark moments. Mm. And so I've always known that that was somewhere in my future. But once I was able to kind of work through some of that trauma, heal, find my inner peace, only then have I been able to say, okay, you know what? it's time to be transparent and open my heart up to the world. Yeah. Because I feel like so many of us go through so many of these things that are similar. Maybe not. (laughs) Most people might go through thing that I have in common with them. Whereas I've had multiple rare situations in my life, but so many of us go through it alone. And that doesn't mean that you're not surrounded by people. Um, for, there've been a lot of times when I've been, I have an incredible support system and I truly wouldn't be here without them, but being alone through all of this is really hard. They don't understand the suffering. Yeah. When you relate to people, I'm trying to think of even how to put this into words. When you relate to people and you hear, you know, do you ever look back on, because these are not common things that you've been through. They're very unique, rare right. things. You know, it's right. not like, yes, I I had, you know, I not to compare anything or say anyone's trauma is less than, but, you know, cancer, like a lot of women experience this. This is a mm-hmm. very common thing. It's not something like that. Like these are very custom things that doctors don't even know the answers for half of what you were saying. And so, and it's a constant ex- exploration of science and all the things that are still coming out. And so for you, having all of these different layers like an onion, being able to reach out to women, when did you get that moment that you were like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to help other women walk through this? Mm-hmm. Hopefully that makes sense. That's yes, it did. Very it's, in depth. No, it's 
you know, I felt like that might be something that was in my future in my early twenties. However, after my daughter was born and I realized something incredible happened to me when our daughter was born, everything that I, every spot in my life that I had not leveled up yet, when I looked at her and I realized that she was going to be looking to me and learning from me, I leveled up in every area. (laughs) I started to only speak kindness to myself. And I just, I was like, okay, I got to get it together because that baby girl is looking at me. So for me, it was motherhood. So like the ultimate nurturing triggered this deep need. And I don't know what else to call a yearning. It was a yearning. It has been a deep yearning in my heart that has went unfulfilled now for a little over a decade to truly dig in and start devoting some of my time and energy and spoons. Do you know what that means? Spoons? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I do. Uh, To helping women. It was motherhood for sure. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Uh, so I just did a podcast a few weeks ago and I'm trying to, I've already forgotten the word. Um, I need to have this framed somewhere, but she was explaining that like we're adolescents, right? And like you have all this training during adolescence, like what to expect and what's coming. And I want to say it's like mother essence. I don't know. It was this beautiful word though, but there's a word for it. And it's that transition from going without a child to having a child and what happens within mm-hmm. our bodies, whether you adopt or you have, but like literally the change which happens in us from coming into that mother archetype and what that looks like. And the way that she put it just was so freaking beautiful and magical and made so much sense because we do change because we have these little people who mm-hmm. are innocent and looking up to us like we are the coolest thing ever. And you know, you're like, I know. oh, I can't fuck this up, man. I know. <laughs> you know. I say, I totally say this all the time. I'm like, man, damn it. You guys make me feel like I need to have like my own comedy show. You, I love you guys <laughs> so much, but you just, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they're incredible. Um, for me, motherhood was, has been an incredibly healing experience. You know, in many ways, it's also been triggering. Parenthood is not an easy thing. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't change it for the world. So I know we're running on time. I could talk to you for hours on this. Um, <laughs> Me too. I just looked at the clock and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I love to give the audience three things that they can start implementing in their life. Like if they're feeling, because I feel like this is where you really shine and have that sparkle. If they're feeling at that catalyst in their life, what are some things that they can do to come from a place of love, to listen to that intuition? Like what was that tug on your heart? Like what did that feel like? And how did you practice that? Well, for me, it is quite literally when I go out in public, I immediately am drawn to the suffering of someone. I see it and I can feel it. And sometimes I can visualize it. Um, And so I had to really start learning how to ground my energy because suffering, I, I am a firm believer that energy can be transferred mm-hmm. and I absolutely had to learn how to ground my energy. I had to learn how to, when I started to learn meditation and what that did for my inner peace, it changed everything for me. 
going out in the public previously, I hadn't realized how challenging it was for me, but I was able to start changing that. Um, As for people that are in that place, one of the things that really helped me was, and still is journaling. Journaling for me is an incredible way to not only work on my own personal gifts, but the insight that we get when we look back and the confirmation we get by looking back and saying, okay, this is where I thought I was going and damn it, I was dead on. And I went to the next level. Mm-hmm. It gives you that confidence you need to continue the work that you feel your heart being drawn to. Yeah. So I would certainly say uh, journaling and learning to ground and I, I'm going to say grounding and meditation because I feel like grounding can happen in meditation learning that process. So meditation, sorry, I'm thinking this out as we talk. No, process away. <laughs> so I'm going to say meditation is huge. And like, I've been bad about it lately. And I was just talking with another gal on TikTok that I respect, love and respect. I'm like, I got to get back in my, my pro- I get back to my schedule. So that the journaling. And then the last thing I would say is self-love because if you can't love yourself unconditionally, then you can't, you're not going to be able to give anyone else what they genuinely. Yeah. And for me, this is where I was missing the boat. Once I learned how to love myself unconditionally, look myself in the mirror and say, I love this body. It's heavier than I ever planned it to be, but I love it because it's getting me through each day. I love this person that I am, even though that I'm flawed, because in duality, I find I'm able to experience the joy because I understand sadness, self-acceptance, integrating your, and just learning that self-love process, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I'll never forget when I first started meditating. I'm a Pisces. I love to be floaty. My head is never like where it should be. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was working, um, while I was getting my Reiki masters and my instructor looked me dead in the eye and she's like, you can only fly as high as your roots are deep. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? It's true. And she's like, you are flying before you are even planted. And I'm like, well, yeah, I like being there. And she's like, yeah, but she goes, you're going to get lost up there. (laughs) I was like, oh, Okay, I was like, are we talking like how like how lost? Because I'm okay with a little lost. And she, <laughs> she, she but at the time I was also dealing with extreme trauma of my own. This was before I became a trauma therapist. This was before I really started on my journey. I was just really intrigued by Reiki and I wanted to learn the magic of it, right? And right. what it taught me was the exact opposite. It taught me the importance of being in my body, not in front of it. And how to I love that really get down and just I mean, so often we're behind it, we're in front of it, we're not in it. And when she put it like that, I was like, holy crap. So I would have to go grab an ice cube and hold on to an ice cube and watch it melt in my hand. And that was because that was all I could do at the time. And because I wasn't able to sit and meditate, my brain was going too fast. And when you're dealing with trauma, I mean, there's a lot happening upstairs that we're not even aware of is happening in the subconscious mind. And so being able to just hold an ice cube, something so dang simple 
Um, but to come to that space of grounding was so powerful when, cause you say meditate and, you know, I, I love that meditation is so freaking powerful, mm-hmm. but not like we pressure ourselves. Right. Cause we're all yes. human. So we like, what, like, we're like meditation. Cool. I'm going to go do an hour and you sit there for 30 Mm-mm. seconds and you're like, Oh, I'm having thoughts. Bad no. me. Like you're going to have thoughts. You're yes. human. Yes. And in fact, that's part of meditation is learning to observe the thoughts and let it go without judging yourself. You, your yes. brain is working. You have, that's part of it. But honestly, for me, if I'm able to meditate, um, on a schedule and I'll admit not even every day, but three to five minutes, a few times a week. I love that. I, I do really well. And, and especially with kids like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And right now I, on Mondays and Tuesdays, I do it in the car line while I'm waiting to get my kids. Oh, I love that. Every mom loves that car line moment where it's quiet and you're either reading your favorite book or at least around here, that's, you know, precious time. (laughs) Yes. You know, I want to share this with you because this is so funny. Um, My phone kept buzzing while we were recording. So I just glanced down at it. And this is so on par for what we're talking about. (laughs) Of course it is. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's the medicine is within you and it's healing from challenges and stories of our past mistakes we've made, regret, resentment, heartache, deep wounds or lessons all can be healed. Better yet, they are unique to each of us and carry our greatest gifts when we allow ourselves to heal and grow. No other person has experienced all that you have. It is what makes your voice or offering unique. Do not be afraid to use this as your catalyst. I said catalyst like five times and this this was not planned. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's incredible. You know, I do feel like vulnerability is the most beautiful. There's so much strength behind being vulnerable. Yeah. And my gosh, we all have suffered in our lives at different times. And I do not take lightly the work that it is and that we do to love others in the midst of that, in their suffering. That is a significant gift that we're given to be able to do. Yeah, it's incredible. So, I know that a lot of women are going to want to connect directly with you after the show. Mm-hmm. Um, where is the best hub spot that we can find you, reach out to you? Absolutely. So right now on using social media, TikTok and Instagram, it's this, I'm actually on Facebook as well. It's unstoppable Stacy, all the same word or all together. Stacy is S-T-A-C-I-E. So unstoppable Stacy with an I-E. And I will absolutely um, connect with you. I would love to. We're working on a website as well, but that is in the future. Amazing. I just thank you for your vulnerability today and for finding me on TikTok. Gosh, I just, I love, love, love TikTok and the connections that it creates. It's so amazing. If you're not on TikTok, you should be on TikTok. I Um, agree. (laughs) It's so good. Um, So just thank you so much for your time and stepping into your purpose and sharing your gifts with the world because a lot of people don't do that. And so what you're doing is pretty incredible. Um, It is truly been a pleasure. Thank you for being willing to chat with a newbie and kind of help me through the process. Absolutely. We'll be in touch so soon, Stacey. Okay. Take care, my dear. You too. 
Did you know that one in three adults are addicted to cell phone use? I did not want this for my kids. I found Gab Wireless, which has no internet and no apps, but they can text, call, take pictures, have calendars, and all the creative access that's needed. Gab believes in having your kids play outside and live experiences, not being on electronics. I felt safe getting my son this to avoid cyberbullying and having free access to the internet. The best part, this month they are having a sale, $65 for the phone and $19 a month. Use code Courtney30 at checkout. Gabwireless.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a takeaway or something from the conversation that really just resonated within your heart center, I would love to hear about it. Please leave it in the comment section so we can give you more of this content. As always, please subscribe, save, and sharing is caring. We love you to pieces. Have a beautiful and blessed day.